This is Movies for the Blind, episode 195, Scrooge, part two of two. Regarding the momentous question, pudding. Welcome to Movies for the Blind, where you can enjoy films without looking at a screen. I'm Valerie Hunter. There's a website and a newspaper feature called Hey, It's That Guy, which celebrates the hardworking character actors and actresses who seem to turn up in every other movie and TV show. For this podcast, our Hey, It's That Guy is playing Bob Cratchit. Donald Calthrop has been in no less than five Movies for the Blind movies so far. Along with this one, he was the Weasley blackmailer in Blackmail, the guy who rented Askey and Murdoch their haunted house in the bandwagon, and the wheelchair-bound Igor to Boris Karloff's mad scientist in The Man Who Changed His Mind. He was also in The Evil Mind as a derelict, but I don't think we heard him or had to describe him. And he'll probably turn up in more films here, so get ready to play more Hey, It's That Guy in the future. Again, that guy in this film is Bob Cratchit, kindly father of several, including Tiny Tim, and put-upon employee of Ebenezer Scrooge. Now, you know the story, so I'll just say that where we left off, Scrooge was with the Ghost of Christmas present, watching the Cratchits do what they can with Christmas Eve, enjoying a goose dinner. We catch up with them after their meal, and the conclusion of Scrooge. Later. Delicious. That's the best goose we ever had, Mother. Yes, indeed. Oh, yes. Oh, I've eaten too much. (laughs) And even now, we haven't eaten at all. (laughs) Outside the window, Scrooge laughs. You laugh. Laugh. I envy them. The dishes are passed around to Mrs. Cratchit. (laughs) My dear, regarding the momentous question, pudding. The eldest son gets a small bottle for his mum. You look pale, my love. And nervous. I am oh. nervous, my dear. And anxious about that pudding. Pray heaven all will be well. I'll go and fetch it. Let me come and help you, mother. You shall, my darling. As Tim joins her, heading for the kitchen, other children take the dishes from the table and prepare them for washing in a basin. With the eldest son pouring in a kettle of hot water. You know, I'm anxious about that pudding. In the kitchen, Mrs. Cratchit pulls the bag of pudding from water and sets it on a platter to open it. The daughter set the table again. You know, your mother's been gone a long time. Supposing the pudding has broken in turning it out. What? Or supposing that somebody has got over the back wall and stolen it. What? Tim lights a large spoon of the bottle's contents on fire, and his mother pours the flaming liquid onto the pudding. carefully picks up the platter, and Tim hurries ahead to the door. A brother does the same from the other side. The lights go out as they enter with the flaming pudding. She carries it to the table. The plates are lifted and candles are lit. A Merry Christmas to it all, my dear. God blesses everyone. Tim leans on his crutch, smiling at his father, then his mother, who pats his head. Outside the window... Spirit, tell me that tiny Tim will live. I 
might see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a crutch without an owner carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered in the future, the child will die. Oh, tell me that he'll be spared. If he is like to die, had he not better do it and decrease the surplus population? Man, if man you be in heart, not adamant, forbear that wicked cant until you have discovered what the surplus is and where it is. Will you decide what men shall live, when men shall die? It may be that in the sight of heaven you are more worthless and less fit to live than millions like this poor man's child. After the pudding. Toast. I give you Mrs. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. The founder of the feast, indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon. I hope he'd have a good appetite for it. But, my dear, the children, Christmas Day. It should be Christmas Day, I'm sure, on which one drinks the help of such an odious, stingy, hard, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. You know he is, Robert. Nobody knows it better than you do, poor fellow. My dear, Christmas Day. Well, I'll drink his health for your sake and the day's, not his. He'll be very merry and very happy, I've no doubt. Here's Mr. Scrooge's health. Now, children, all together, Mr. Scrooge's health. Mr. Mr. Scrooge's health. Mr. Scrooge's health. As Tim drinks, Scrooge watches him. And now, Tiny Tim will sing to us. Yes, yes, I, I do. do sing. What shall I sing? Hark the heralding. Yes, yes hark the heralding. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. Outside the window, the ghost turned Scrooge away. Come now and see how others keep Christmas. They go past windows glowing with light from inside. In silhouette, people toast happily. And under mistletoe, a couple kisses. Lit windows glow from under the snow-covered roofs all over London. A St. Paul's continues to preside over them. Above even that, the rough clouds of the dark skies part for the glow of the moon. A lighthouse glows over the rocky seaside battered by waves. Inside, two men sit at a table. Merry Christmas to you. And a Merry Christmas to you. As the waves keep crashing, men struggle to keep control of the ship. them laughs in the crow's nest with a mug. He drinks, then tosses the mug. Fred laughs at his party. 
<laughs> and he said Christmas was a humbug. <laughs> and he believed it, too. Well, more shame on him, Fred. Oh, he's a comical old fellow, and that's the truth. He isn't so pleasant as he might be. Well, his offenses carry their own punishments, and I've nothing to say against him. But surely he's very rich. At least you've often told me so. Well, what of that, my dear? His wealth is of no use to him. He doesn't do any good with it. He can't make himself comfortable with it. He hasn't even the satisfaction of thinking that he's ever going to benefit us with it. <laughs> He keeps ladling punch for his guests. Well, I've no patience with your Uncle Scrooge. Oh, I have. I'm sorry for him. And here, he's taken it into his head to dislike us, and he won't even come and dine with us. He steps in the middle of a circle. Well, what are you going to play at? Good. I'll ask you one. What does the following represent? An animal. Rather a disagreeable animal. A savage animal. An animal that grunts and groans and dots and lives in London. And walks the streets. Yes. And isn't even made a show of. No. Doesn't have a menagerie. No. Isn't a horse. No. 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 One man falls off his seat from laughing so hard. Fred and the others laugh heartily beside a roaring fireplace. The ghost laughs as well. In bed, Scrooge laughs awkwardly in his sleep. His eyes open, and the shadow of a finger crosses his forehead, then overtakes his terrified face. The finger points against the bed curtains as Scrooge sits up. Ghost of the future, I fear you more than any specter I have seen. You are about to show me shadows of the things that have not been, but will be in the time to come. And as I hope to live to be, Another man from what I was, I am prepared to bear you company. Outside the London Exchange, a few men chat around the front steps. A Scrooge watches from inside his own shadow. I don't know much about it either way. I only know he's dead. Where did he die? Last night, I believe. Why, what was the matter with him? I thought he'd never die. <laughs> Heaven knows. What's he done with his money? Left it to his company, perhaps. He hasn't left it to me. That's all I know. <laughs> the finger points him to another few men. Oh, how are you? Very well, how are you? So old Nick has got his own at last. Yes, so I'm told. Cold, isn't it? Seasonable for Christmas time. Oh, yeah. You're not a skater, I suppose. Oh, no, no. I've got something else to think about. <laughs> I do not see myself in my accustomed place. Where am I? Why am I not there? They disappear. Then reappear to watch a woman carry a sack and look around. Then approach a shop with the sign, Old Joe, Dealer. She steps inside and looks behind her. Then she moves on through dingy dimness past piles of clothes and ephemera. 
She opens a curtain to a space where an old man smokes a pipe while looking through linens. A larger woman carries a bundle along a dock, also cautious, and approaches old Joe's door. Also glancing back, she goes inside, then joins the first woman. They peer down at each other's bundles. Old Joe turns toward them, then gets up as another man joins the women. The first woman is the first to laugh. <laughs> Old Joe meets them. Let the charwoman alone to be the first. Let the laundress alone to be the second. And let the undertaker's men alone to be the third. Look here, old Joe, here's a chance. If we hadn't all three met here without meaning it. <laughs> you, you couldn't have met in a better place. Come into the parlor. From within his shadow again, Scrooge watches the charwoman follow Joe into the next room. The undertaker's man does as well and the charwoman sits scowling at the laundress. Don't stand there staring as if you were afraid, woman. Who's the worst for the loss of a few things like this? Not a dead man, I hope. Open this bundle, old Joe, and let me know the value of it. I ain't afraid to be the first, nor afraid for them to see it. The undertaker's man holds up his hand. Then from inside a cloth, he takes out shiny things to show old Joe by the light of a lantern. Joe grasps them and examines carefully. <laughs> Setting down his pipe, Joe reaches up and takes down coins. Here's your account. I wouldn't give another sixpence. Now mine, Joe. He drags over the laundress's bundle and goes through it. Ah. Eight shillings. I always give too much to ladies. It's a weakness of mine. <laughs> and now undo my bundle, Joe. The charwoman hands her bundle to him. And he goes through that. Big curtains. Ah, <laughs> big curtains. You don't mean to say you took them down, rings and all, with him lying there? Why not? You was born to make your fortune, <laughs> and you will certainly do it. <laughs> Here, don't drop the oil on my blankets. His blankets? Whose else's? He's likely to take cold without them, I dare say. <laughs> hope he didn't die of anything catching. Oh, don't you be afraid of that. Ah, you can look through that shirt until your eyes ache and you won't find a hole in it. It's the best he had. It'd have been wasted if it hadn't been for me. What do you call wasting of it? Putting it on him to be buried in, to be sure. 
Hiding it off him. <laughs> Calico's just as becoming to the body. <laughs> he couldn't have looked uglier than he did in that one. <laughs> the laundress with teeth missing laughs. So does the undertaker's man. The laundress's eyes go wide when money has changed. This is the end of it, you see. He frightened everyone away from him when he was alive to profit us when he was dead. Watching. I see, I see. The case of this unhappy man might be my own. My life tends that way now. The finger points. Merciful heavens! What is that? A body lies covered with a sheet. This the man they spoke of. Neglected. Robbed. Hated. Can you not show me some tenderness connected with death? They move on. At the Cratchits, Mrs. Cratchit closes a door crying into a handkerchief. She wipes her eyes and leans on a newel post, trying to collect herself. She steps away. At the hearth, Tim's crutch sits beside an empty chair. As his siblings busy themselves somberly. As the dining table draped in black, the eldest son reads... And he took a child and set him in the midst of him. Stepping to the living room, Mrs. Cratchit tries to look pleasant, tucking her handkerchief into her waistband. She sits to do some mending as the daughter sits on Tim's chair. Mrs. Cratchit turns away, pinching the bridge of her nose. Color hurts my eyes. Makes them weak by candlelight. I wouldn't show weak eyes to your father when he comes home from work. Must be near his time. Past it, rather. I think he walks a little slower than he used these last few evenings, Mother. Yes. I've known him walk with... I've known him walk with Tiny Tim upon his shoulder very fast indeed. So have I, often. So have I. But he was very light to carry. And his father loved him so, it was no trouble. No trouble. Cratchit walks slowly outside with his head hung low and approaches his door. There's your father at the door. They stand. And he enters. Well, my dear? His wife hugs him and helps him with his scarf. Ah. My dear, you have been quick. They'll be done long before Sunday. Sunday? You went today then, Robert? Yes, my dear. I've seen where our tiny Tim is to rest. It'd have done you good to see how green a place it is. Hmm. He sits at the table as Tim's chair is left empty again. You'll see it often. I promised him that we would walk there over Sunday. 
he nods, assuring himself, but must turn away. He stands and walks to the kitchen door. Martha accepts some fabric to mend, and her mother lowers her head. Cratchit climbs the stairs with painful effort, then leans on the newel post with his head in his hands. He raises his head and collects himself. He turns to the door his wife had closed and approaches it. The door opens and he enters, his eyes fixed on what is ahead of him and closes the door. Stepping past a couple candles, he bends down to the body of Tiny Tim, which lies peacefully with his hands folded. My little child. Within his own shadow, Scrooge looks up, then back down again. Cratchit stands and kisses his son's forehead. He straightens and gazes down at him lovingly. Turning away, he steps to the door as Scrooge watches. Tiny Tim, thy childish essence was from God. Soon after, Cratchit rejoins his family, who are preparing for tea. I met Mr. Scrooge's nephew today, he says. And he said to me, I'm heartily sorry for you, Mr. Cratchit, and heartily sorry for your good wife. Though how he knew that, I don't know. Knew what, my dear? Why, that you were a good wife. Everybody knows that. Well observed, my boy. Grinning, he stands with his teacup. And he said, if there's any service that I can do for you, pray come to me. He sits by the fire. It almost seemed as though he had known our tiny Tim and felt with us. He picks up the crutch. And I'm sure... We shall none of us forget him, nor this first parting that has been among us. Never, Anne. And I know that when we recollect how patient and how mild he was, although he was but a little child, we shall not quarrel easily among ourselves and forget poor Tiny Tim in doing it. His wife kisses his head. His eldest son pats his shoulder, and the daughter sits beside him. I'm very happy. Very happy. Now, Spirit, tell me what man that was whom we saw 
lying dead. Scrooge disappears. A gravestone stands among others in a snowy cemetery. Scrooge stands nearby anxiously. For I draw nearer to the stone at which you point. Tell me, are these the shadows of the things that will be? Or are they the shadows of the things that may be only? The finger points to the name on the stone. Ebenezer Scrooge! He collapses on it. Then looks up. Am I that man who lay upon the bed? The finger points again. No, spirit, no. I'll not be the man I was. I'll not be the man I must have been but for this intercourse. Why show me this if it is all too late? He points again. Tell me I may sponge away the writing on this stone. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. No, no. He scrapes at his name on the gravestone with his hands. He scrapes at his bedsheets. Then stops, turning to sit up. He looks out the window into morning light. He cries, wiping his eye and nose. He slaps his hands over his face, then claps. I will live in the past, the present, and the future, oh, Jacob Marley. Heaven and Christmas time be praised for this. Thank you. He holds his trembling hands in prayer. My knees, I thank you, Jacob. On my knees. He grabs a bed curtain and kisses it. They're not torn down. They're not torn down. He tears them down himself. Ah. Throwing them off of himself, he climbs off the bed and pulls on his slippers. They will. They will. They will. He hops around the bed to the door. They will. Pulling the robe on over his bedclothes, he opens the door. The charwoman enters with a breakfast tray, startling him, but he shakes it off. A Merry Christmas! And pats her chin. God bless you! He walks about. Oh, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm as happy as a sad boy. I'm as merry as an angel. I'm, I'm as giddy as a drunken man. Oh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy New Year to all the world. Oh, oh hey. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Here's the saucepan that the girl was in. Yes, and there's the door that old Marley's ghost came through. Yes, it's all right. It's all true. It all happened. Oh, hooray, hooray. As the charwoman sets down the tray, Scrooge goes to another window, pulls up the blinds, and secures them. 
He opens the window and beams. Glorious, glorious. He looks down. Hey, boy! A boy looks up. Hey, a Merry Christmas! It is Christmas Day, isn't it? Why, of course! Uh, I knew I hadn't missed it. Oh, the spirits have done it all in one night. The charwoman furrows her brow. Hey, do you know the boulder at the corner of the street next but one? I should know by this. An intelligent boy, a remarkable boy. Do you know if they've sold the prize turkey that they had hanging there? It'll be hanging there now. Well, you go and buy it. Walker! No, 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 I'm in earnest. You go and buy it and bring it back here, and I'll tell you where to take it. And you come back with a man and I'll give you a shilling. You come back in less than five minutes and I'll give you half a crown. Hooray! He runs off. Go on, hurry up, hurry up. He goes to the table. I, I'm, I'm going to send it to my, to my clerk, Bob Cratchit. He gets a slip of paper and writes. <laughs> he won't know where it comes from. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. He's not dead, you know. He's not dead. He takes a mug to the next room and puts it in a basin. Then dips in a shaving brush, which he then dips in some cream. And brushes it on his face in front of a mirror. He pauses, smiling, then continues, bouncing. The boy beats on the door of the poultry shop, but gets no answer. Scrooge keeps happily brushing shaving cream on his face. The boy looks to a window above the shop and runs off. Scrooge shaves and conducts a little with a straight razor. He cuts his nose. Setting down the razor, he opens a drawer and gets out a piece of tissue to place on the cut. Outside, the boy returns. wipes his face and hurries to the window. What is it? What is it? Don't shut. Can't make anyone here. Oh, that won't do. I, I've got to have that turkey. Oh, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He goes to the charwoman. You go get me my overcoat and hat. She does, as Scrooge pats his face with the tissue still on his nose. I shan't be long. She brings the coat and helps him into it. Then go to the box room. And get me out my best clothes. He puts on the hat and scarf as she hurries back to the bedroom. Scrooge joins the boy outside. Patting his shoulder, he starts off with him, pausing at the hurdy-gurdy man to give him a coin. The man picks up his pace, watching Scrooge go. The charwoman waves away dust getting out his formal clothes. Scrooge and the boy hurry down some stairs. As the boy beats on the door again, Scrooge scoops up some snow and makes a snowball. The upper window opens just as he throws it. A Merry Christmas! Have you sold that prize turkey of yours yet? The big one, I mean. Now! The proprietor slams the shutters, bringing snow down on Scrooge. He brushes himself off. The proprietor steps out. What is it? What's to do? He turns to Scrooge. I want that big turkey of yours. Bring it down to my place at once. My friend will show you the way. Scrooge rushes away. At home, the charwoman spits shines his shoes. Scrooge faces his door knocker again. Hello, Molly. Have a Merry Christmas. He goes inside with one more glance at it. Still shining the shoes, the charwoman looks up. 
Then she puts down her things as Scrooge arrives. Ah, that's nice. He reaches in his pocket and pulls out a coin that he gives her. A Merry Christmas. Oh. Oh. She walks away, turning back to smile gratefully. When she leaves, Scrooge picks up his formal trousers. Soon after, he has them on with his other formal things, brushing his hair down. He ties his tie. While outside, Hi. the proprietor holds the turkey next to the boy, Hi. slipping his formal coat over his shoulders. Hey. Scrooge gets a nice cane and gloves and puts on his formal top hat. Outside, the boy keeps the proprietor from leaving. Hi. Scrooge opens the front door. Me, you can't carry that to the Cratchits. You'll have to have a cab. There you are, my boy. There's the address. There's the money. He turns to the proprietor. And there's the money for you. Very kind of you to have brought it round. Leaving them amazed, Scrooge walks through town. Ah, Merry Christmas, my dear. Thank you, sir. Thank you. He notices the charity man. Ah, good day, gentlemen. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. I hope you succeeded yesterday. Mr. Scrooge. Yes, that's my name. I'm afraid it's not a very pleasant one for you, but will you allow me to ask your pardon? And would you be good enough to put me down? He whispers in the first one's ear. Lord bless my soul, my dear Mr. Scrooge, are you serious? A round hundred. Yes, and not a farthing less, not oh, a farthing dear, less. Sir. I'm afraid there are many back payments included oh, in it. Oh, my sir. dear Mr. Scrooge. Yes. You come round and see me? You will, will come will. round? Oh, we, we will, we will. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you, gentlemen. Bless you. At Fred's. <laughs> Who's that won't come and dine with you? Uncle Scrooge. Oh. 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 Still, what's the consequence? He won't do as much of a dinner. Oh. Indeed. Well, I think he'll lose a very good dinner. <laughs> Walking with his cane, Scrooge pauses outside Fred's door. He steps up to it. He reaches for the door knocker then hesitates. Tentatively, he reaches again. He turns and retreats a few steps nervously. A maid opens the door. Is your master in, my dear? Yes, sir. Can I see him, my love? He's in the dining room, sir. I'll show you in. He knows me. He knows me. Giving her his coat, hat, and gloves, he continues inside, where the party is taking their seats at the dining table. At the head of it, Fred helps his wife sit and watches his guests. A door slowly opens, and Scrooge carefully steps into the room. Fred. Bless my soul, who's this? It is I, your Uncle Scrooge. I've come to dinner. Fred's wife stands. Will you let me in, Fred? Why, it's Uncle Scrooge. Can't be. Will I? A Merry Christmas to you, Uncle. Come in. Come in and join us. Fred takes his hand and guides him to the table. The wife approaches. Welcome, Uncle. And a Merry Christmas. Thank you, my dear. A Merry Christmas to you all. A Merry Christmas. Scrooge notices something and steps to it. A decorated tree. He closes his eyes with memories of Tim. And Fred puts his hands on his shoulders. Scrooge wipes tears and lets Fred bring him back to the table. 
Scrooge sits as the maid brings a turkey on a platter and sets it down. Fred's wife starts slicing a large loaf of bread. Bread is also sliced at the Cratchits. We'll be late for the office, Bob. It's nearly nine o'clock. You promised Mr. Scrooge you'll be earlier than usual this morning. <coughs> so I did, so I did. He stands and gets his hat from a son. He hands it to Tim, who puts it on his head. The other son brings his scarf, and he goes with Tim to the door. He kisses his wife. Goodbye, my darling. Goodbye, my darling. He hurries out. Martha lifts Tim on a chair so he can watch out a window. At 20 past nine, Scrooge stands by the office clock, peeking out a window. Cratchit runs as best he can over slick streets. Scrooge sneaks away from the window as Cratchit arrives outside. He opens the door and closes it quietly and sheepishly. He takes off his hat and hangs it up, then turns to Scrooge's back, hunched over his desk with his quill. Cratchit sneaks to his desk. At the other desk, Scrooge keeps from laughing as Cratchit looks up with dread. What do you mean by coming here at this time of day? I'm very sorry, sir. I am behind my time. I think you are, sir. I think you are. It's only one thing here, sir. He goes to Scrooge. It shan't be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. So I tell you what it is, my fine fellow. I'm not going to stand it any longer. Smiling, he turns to him. And therefore... And shoves him. Therefore, I'm sir, going to raise your salary. Sir... You must be joking. Never more serious in all midnight, Bob. I'm going to raise your salary, and as for dining things, I'll be a second father to you. God damn No more work today, Bob. No work today. Make haste to your family, Bob. They'll be wanting you today, Bob. They'll be wanting you today. A Merry Christmas, Bob. Scrooge gives him his hat. A Merry Christmas. My good fellow and I have given you for many years. Go on now. He opens the door. Go on. Cratchit does. Merry Christmas to all the world. Happy New Year to everyone. God bless us all. God bless us everyone. Scrooge gets his coat. And later, he enters the church where parishioners sing. Taking a hymnal, he looks for a place to stand among them. shuffles through the crowd to where Cratchit sings and steps beside him. Scrooge notices him and touches his hand. Cratchit turns and smiles. Then they both sing. The book closes. The end. Described for Movies for the Blind. And that was Scrooge. Our Scrooge, Seymour Hicks, was a multi-talented person, also directing and producing films and writing plays. The first film he produced was based on a play he wrote, and he also acted in it, so he had a fair measure of power. During production, he fired the director and brought in an unknown new director to take the reins. He was Alfred Hitchcock, 
who would go on to direct, among many, many others, five films featuring our that guy and Bob Cratchit, wait for it, yes, Donald Calthrop. To find out more about the movies, about description, and how to subscribe, go to the blog, moviesfortheblind.com, where you can also find out about this podcast Creative Commons license. Some MP3s are hosted by Blind File Sharing, so to find out more, visit blindfilesharing.com. And the movies are from the Internet Archive, so please support universal access to human knowledge by visiting or donating at archive.org. Thank you for downloading and for listening. Be back next year. Take care. Take care.